0: and welcome back to another episode of raw and real with stephanie fernandez i'm stephanie your podcast host rapid transformational therapist and founder of your freedom program i work with women who want to take back their life returning to themselves on their healing journey in this podcast we give the stage to women who overcame adversity and trauma and difficult faces in their life Be ready to get raw emotions from real people. The stories we share here are to inspire women just like you, that anything is possible. In today's episode, we will be talking about caring for a close relative with cancer. The day-to-day lives of women around the world share one important characteristic. Unpaid care work is seen as a female responsibility. According to the OECD, women spend two to ten times more time on unpaid care work than men. The unequal distribution of unpaid care work between women and men represents an infringement of women's rights and also a break on their economic empowerment. Caring for a close relative in such a difficult time of their life can also trigger old wounds and pain. Today's guest is Michelle Finn. Michelle helped her mother through leukemia and bone marrow transplant. She describes this journey as a beautiful challenge of strength, compassion, and forgiveness. Her experience led her to become an aromatherapist and cannabis educator. Michelle started her own line of essential oils and CBD. Hello, Michelle, and welcome to the show. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for inviting me here today. Thank you so much for coming forward and sharing your story with us today. I'm particularly excited about this episode as I was working with essential oils as a registered nurse and love to hear how you came to develop your own line, how you're using it basically in your work. Your life changed with the onset of illness
1: of your mother. Please tell us your story today. Thank you. Yes. Um, So it was about six years ago. Um, We had finally settled into a new home. Uh, We had been here for about a year and it was the first day of our summer break. And I received a phone call. We were, we were literally in the driveway going, getting ready to go for a family walk and, you know, set off for our summer fun. And uh, the phone call was like, your mom is in the hospital. It's very urgent. You need to come now. And I'm the oldest of six children. So I'm from a blended family. And uh, so I had to, you know, hand off my toddler to my husband and tell the kids, sorry, I've got to go. And I had no idea what was waiting for me. Um, We knew she had not been well, but we didn't know what was going on. They thought maybe it was the flu or, you know. Um, And so when she, when I arrived at the hospital, they informed us her blood count was at like a five and it was supposed to be like a 13 or something. And I was like, oh, you just give her some blood and we go home, right? And they were like, no, that's not how this works. So um, so within the next you know, 12, 24 hours, of course they ran out. They, I'm sure they had an idea of what was going on and we found out it was uh, leukemia and it was a, it was an acute lymphoblastic leukemia which was moving very, very fast had moved very fast. Uh, So from there, um, it wasn't one of those cases where like, they were like, Oh, well, you know, you have this cancer starting, you have some options, you know, to look at, like it was, it was pretty much immediately life and death. So, um, they, we were very lucky. We're very close to the James Brown cancer center in Louisville, Kentucky. We're over in Indiana and they were right across the bridge. So she was, uh, she was offered the best care that we could ask for, you know? Um, so we really lucked out there, but honestly, the treatments are so harsh, you know, the chemo, the radiation, the living in a hospital for months and months at a time. Um, you know, we, we really had to pull together as a family and, um, pull together our resources. And honestly, my family, I had lost my family, my father really young. So my family was already has always, always struggled, you know, to hold things together. And not only am I the oldest, but, um, I I guess I am just, I, I, I'm just the one that kind of, I'm like the family secretary, the family, you know, the family, um, I'm not a lawyer, but it's, you know, I do all those things. I like kind of hold everyone together. So, um, I was lucky enough that some of my aunts stepped up too, in with my baby sister and, you know, just as a family, we, we took this on and I started realizing that a lot of what she needed during these treatments was care that the nurses were not able to provide because they were doing the medical side, you know, they couldn't sit and spoon feed her when she was weak. they would have loved to, they would have had time, you know, um, they couldn't, they couldn't just sit there and hold water for 30 minutes, getting her to sip enough, you know, just all those little things I started realizing, um, is what it really was going to take. And I started bringing in essential oils. And at the time I was very new to essential oils. I was just making sugar scrubs and, you know, making gifts for Christmas is really how I got started. And I had no idea that it was going to allot me the, the advantage of aromatherapy in my mother's care. And we, we discovered that, um, you know, even little things like putting lavender on her pillow, when she was having anxiety attacks and um, you know, I mean, all these procedures, you know, just pile on and um, putting peppermint on her stomach to um, help her digest you know when she didn't want to eat um, just all it, I just started with these small little things that anybody could do and they were life-changing for her and honestly for the nurses too because I was blending up roller bottles and I'd bring them in and share them with the nurse stations and they would be like oh, you made us roller bottles <laughs> but how
0: did you came in touch with this how
1: did you get to know this? Well, so a a neighbor of mine was with it in MLM. She was with doTERRA and she had brought some oils over to me. She's like, oh you have to try this. And I'm a I'm an avid organic gardener, um a bit of a naturalist. Like I I go hunting for mushrooms in the woods, ones because I know how I've been trained, you know, things of that nature. And so I've always been a holistic style person and and into um, plant Medicine and wellness, um, but I had never a, a new, essential oils were new to me at that point. Well, you know, you, you can find some really basic information online, and as I got further into it, what I realized is you can also find some bad information online. You know, there's a lot of a um, lot of misinformation in, about ingesting oils and about using them non diluted or undiluted on your skin, and um, I started realizing that I could also do damage with these oils that were benefiting us. So I was listening to a podcast from uh, Dr. Axe who, well, it was a summit, an essential oil summit. And it was experts from all over the world. And I found out that, you know, he had helped his mother through cancer and it really started me on this journey because I started following these scientists that he had mentioned, you know, the ones that I resonated with. And I found out that one of them was from my hometown so I was, yeah, he was like twenty minutes away. I was like, oh my gosh! So <laughs> what are the odds? Really? Yes, it just blew me away. And I was like, okay, don't stalk him, don't stalk him, you know. So, <laughs> but I, I did. I, I, I just messaged him, and I was like, this is what I'm working with, you know. This is my mom's condition. Where do I learn how to do this properly? And so he's like, I have, a, you know, he has a course, but his is more chemistry based. He's like, what you need is a caregiver, you know, an aromatherapist. And so he sent me to, um, to one of his colleagues, his friend, and and I've been studying under her for the last four years, five years, something like that. And uh, so um, that was life-changing for me because instead of me getting my science from Pinterest, I was getting it from an arom- aromatherapist who's been studying for over 30 years. Oh, my. Wow. So um, that was life-changing.
0: And how did it um, impact the care that you gave for your mother? And how did your mother feel with this?
1: It it allowed me to bring safety and more knowledge into this caregiving. And it, it kept me from doing anything that would cause more harm. Because, you know, as caregivers, we're trying so hard to be helpful. And so it allowed me to continue to help her without putting her at risk by accidentally hurting her with with a non diluted oil or ingestion or something of that nature. And it broadened my horizon on you know beyond lemon, peppermint, and lavender. You know, so I started losing learning about spruce and basil and bergamot and frankincense, and you know, it just really really broadened that horizon. And your
0: mother felt well with it?
1: She loved it. Because if you can imagine sleeping, well, I, I believe you said you're a registered nurse. So, you know, all those hours in the hospital setting where there's not a lot of smells, right? You know, everything's disinfected. It's clean. So to bring in the essential oils and for her to smell, say, sweet orange from Greece, And, you know, just remind her, I I would also use some storytelling with it. I'm like, mom, smell this orange oil. Like, can you believe these came from Greece? Like there's an orange grove somewhere in Greece. People are probably picking the oranges right now. And, you know, just, I would use those kind of visual interactions to help cheer her up and help her be somewhere besides in the hospital bed.
0: Yeah, it's all setting the mind on a different level right when you are in this same environment all the time and you can focus so much on your pain and how unwell you feel but if there is some other input i love that you know that input is not only through smelling but really you start feeling it in your whole body i saw that when i was um, i also used lavender for patients who had panic attacks and anxiety attacks especially at night when you know they would be laying alone in the room and it was dark and after surgery they would not really like feel their bodies. They would just be, you feel like you are one piece of body but you don't feel your arms, you don't feel your back and a drop of lavender on a small pillow next to them on the bedside table. And of course you also need to take maybe five minutes to help through this first phase of anxiety feeling just helped wonders. They didn't need sleeping pills anymore. So I
1: love that you came across this. Thank you. Yes, and I love that you incorporated into your work. You know, I, I think if if we could get, if that would become a norm, you know, that people would have that little extra touch, it would, I think it would do so much for, for our, our, the world, you no? Know?
0: And it seems also that for you, it just was a missing puzzle piece mm-hmm. that you are already very open to alternative and very natural ways of supporting our bodies.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, we did discover that, um, you know, so basically those oils... They would help bring joy, you know, whether it was comfort, joy. And we were like, well, what else does that? Music, you know, we made sure that she had a radio in her room at all times. And she had certain CDs she would listen to. She had her um, contemporary um, Christian rock that she likes, you know, so we had that on a channel for her and it was, her nurses got to know what they what tools they had to help comfort her. And it was really funny because there was one in particular, his name was Ben. He would, even if he wasn't on her station, you know, like she wasn't one of his patients that day or night or whatever, but he was there, he'd pop in her room and make sure her radio was on the right station and it was turned up to the correct volume and that she was comfortable. And then he'd go back about his business. <laughs>
0: That makes all the difference. Yeah, Isn't that nice. Yeah.
1: It is. It really is. And so they, uh, yes, we had the radio. Um, we had children from the family color pictures for her, and we taped them up all over the room. Um, what else did we? We had a couple of family members come in with guitars and sing for her, and and the music was it just did so much for her. So art, music, aromatherapy. Um, we cooked for her as often as we could and she's a very picky eater. So, and she likes her Coca-Colas. And I'm like, mother, you have a cancer eating your bones and you want a Coca-Cola that's going to continue to eat your bones. Like it would go through me sometimes. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I, I can't buy you a Coke. Like it's just, oh. <laughs> of course, you know, I have to get over myself and like, okay, okay. I will buy you a Coke, but just know <laughs> that I really wish you wouldn't drink that Coke right now. But, you know, there were just things like that, that were her comfort and, and helped her so much. Um, But she started eating foods that she normally wouldn't eat at home. Like I would make her some really uh, dense, nutritious soups. And um, there's a certain mushroom called turkey tail mushroom. And I would put that um, it's almost like you use it like a bay leaf. And I would use that when I was making her soups to get those extra nutrients in there. And, um, hyssop tea, if anyone, she would get chronic pneumonia from the bone, after the bone marrow transplant and, um, hyssop tea was really, really helpful for uh, breaking up the mucus. And, you know, there were just all these things that I started putting together until we had like a, we had a routine. We knew when this was happening, we needed to do this, you know, and, and, uh, and it really helped us comfort her. It helped the nurses. It relieved some of their workload and pressure and it helped get her through and you know unfortunately not everybody makes it through a bone marrow transplant and she's still with us so we're you know we're still chugging along with our caregiving. When you look back
0: what would you say was the hardest thing of that time?
1: Being away from my children so much that was um, that was really challenging like I had to choose between helping my mother live through these treatments or being present for my children.
0: And they were little?
1: Uh, They were 11, seven, and one. Yeah. I can imagine. So, yeah, that was, you know, that was very challenging. Um, It definitely, like, it set my husband back at work because he was constantly picking up the pieces, you know, because I was, you know, I was trying to stay mentally together and, you know, keep all these, all the balls in the air. And we, we almost lost her so many times. And she's just, um, one of her doctors, he was so sweet. Um, he, he would, I remember him holding her hands one time and he was like, you are like a cat. You have nine lives. You're the most resilient person I have ever met. It's <laughs> a compliment in yes. this case. <laughs> yes. 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 Cause we kept, you know, I mean, she would, um, it would be like, you know, something really bad would happen and they would do all their stuff and we do all our stuff and she would make it through. And we were all like, wait, did she really make it through that? Like, you know, and then a, a month or two later, it'd be something else, you know? And, um, it was, it took quite a bit, but then that, then I learned about CBD, the same scientist that led me to the aromatherapist. Um, he, he taught me about CBD and he was like, have you ever heard of it? Have you tried it? And I was like, no. And, and I was very open to it. And um, some a part of a part that I kind of skipped is when, um, because I wasn't thinking about the the CBD or the cannabis yet, um, when we brought her home after the bone marrow transplant, she had she she was very weak, you know. I mean, I don't remember how many days or weeks it was after the transplant, but her time at the hospital was done and it was time for her to come home. And she was not strong. So um, we get her home and within a couple of days, she stops eating, she stops drinking and she stops taking her medicine. And you know what those are signs of, right? And I was like, mom, you know, and, and she was very young. She was 57 when this started. Um, I was like, mom, do you wanna stay or do you wanna go? Like, I'll, you know, I'll take care of you either way. Just let me know what we're doing here. Cause I don't, you know, I don't wanna push. That. it it was so hard. I didn't want to push her to stay. Like it was her choice, you know? So she's like, I want to stay. I said, okay, all right. So I got on the phone with the doctor and I was like, hey, this is what's happening. I was like, you know, um, they're like, we don't really know what we could do. And I was like, well, can you prescribe Marinol? Which is the um, synthetic cannabis, synthetic marijuana. Uh, Because all the symptoms she was having are things that cannabis is known for helping with. And they were like, oh, well, we can, but insurance won't pay for it. And it's like $900 for a prescription for one month. I was like, what? $900. And I was like, "Um, okay, thanks. So I hung up with them and I called my cousin and I was like, hey, (laughs) I know you partake. (laughs) And I need some of those herbs for my mother. (laughs) You know, I mean, what else are you going to do? You know, so... I'm not, I'm not a person that's out breaking the law, you know, like I'm on the PTO, you know, come <laughs> but my mother was laying there and needed, she needed help. And there was not another pill in the world that was going to fix it. So sure enough, he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, give me a couple hours. So we met up, I got the goods. I went home and made her these little tiny muffins you know, I'm just, I'm just Googling online how, how to cook with cannabis. And um, I made her these little tiny blueberry muffins. Cause I know how much she loves blueberry I, muffins. I, and I told the kids, look, the house is going to smell funny for a little while. I'm sorry. Like I got to make grandma some medicine, right? <laughs> so, so here I am cooking cannabis in my kitchen. My kids have never smelled pot in their lives. you know. <laughs> and uh, so I make these little muffins. I get over to her and I'm like, mom, I had to work really hard to make you these special muffins, you know, and she's just laying there like, go away. I was like, no, really, mom. I worked so hard. You'll try them. Won't you? She's like, fine. you know. (laughs) I had to guilt her into it. And I mean, so she, she got one down and she's like, okay, thanks. You know, like, leave me alone. And then um, a few hours later, a, a family member got her to eat another one. And by the next day, she's sitting on the side of her bed and she's eating a muffin on her own. And yes, she didn't remember what was in them. Like I told her, but she didn't remember. And they're just sitting there on the side table, like the whole little container of them opened up and she's popping one. I was like, (laughs) like, do you remember what's in those muffins? She's like, no, but they're really good. (laughs) I was like, how many did you eat? And she's like, oh, this is my first one this morning. I was like, okay, let's put that lid back on. <laughs> but they, they saved her life. I mean, cannabis saved her
0: life. But it's a huge obstacle if it's so expensive to purchase.
1: It's illegal. You know, we can't, I'm in Indiana. I'm in Indiana and it's cannabis. Marijuana is still illegal in Indiana. So I broke the law to buy her marijuana, to cannabis, to put in muffins so that she could heal and be well enough to take her medicine. And it worked. And it's, you know, I don't know, um, it's like, I don't really go around encouraging people to break the law, but when you have someone that sick, like, why did I have to break the law? You know, like that should just be available for anyone who wants to take care of themselves or a sick one. So
0: can you tell me a little bit more about the benefits of CBD and essential oils that you're
1: using? Yeah, for sure. So after, after that happened, like I, you know, I hadn't, th- I hadn't really thought about cannabis since I was in my early twenties, you know, it was like, Oh, I'm done with that. Like, you know, I, I followed the, the laws. I follow the rules. I, I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of got me thinking. And, um, So then I, I learned about CBD from, from that scientist and, and he's like, if you want to try it, I know a very good manufacturer in your area. And um, so they sent me some samples and they educated me on it and it reduces the inflammation. CBD reduces the inflammation in our bodies. It helps resolve like anxiety issues and it helps. And it, it does that it, it does that part of the inflammation in the nerves, like when the nerves are inflamed, when our, our emotions are inflamed, um, the CBD, it's almost like a conditioner for our body. It just soothes those nerves. It helps reduce, reduce the inflammation. And so if you're taking it every day and it, you know, it has the omegas in it, it's, it's kind of like oiling. My, my mom jokes about her being like the tin man, if she doesn't take her CBD because she can't really, she gets really stiff. <laughs> Um, so it helps her joints move better. It reduces the inflammation in her body so that she can move around better so that her arthritis isn't flared up. And it's just been a life changer for her and, and many, many others. So once I learned how to help her, um, that's, all, that was my only goal. I had no plans to launch a business to, um, to launch my own line, but I started becoming the go-to person, you know, cause I was sharing part of my story on through Facebook with my friends and family, letting them know how mom was doing, you know, we tried this and it worked and, you know, things like that. And finally the, one of the manufacturers, she was like, you know, we need you on the front lines. Like you need to start your own line. We need people like you out there educating and showing people how they can help heal themselves, you know? And at first I was like, who does that? You know, Like I don't think I can handle that right now. So and then, about a year later, I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready.
0: So, what is it that you're helping now with?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I help people reduce their pain. I help them reduce stress and anxiety, and I help them sleep better. Those are the three major areas.
0: And they all increase quality of life so much.
1: Absolutely. Yes. I have people come to me in tears, literally like they'll come. Um, I, I set up at my local farmer's market. And when I do that, I get to do a lot of face-to-face, you know, a lot of one-on-one um, people come up to me and they'll kind of look around and they're like, so I haven't slept in like three months and I'm having night terrors. And you know, I just broke up with this guy and he was really mean. And I'm scared or, you know, trauma. They come to me with their trauma, their, um, Uh, you know, their, their illnesses and they're like, I've been going to the doctor over this. I'm not getting any, you know, I'm I'm not getting the results I'm looking for. And I think the reason, one of the reasons that people respond well to me and they, they trust me is because I'm never, am I like, Oh, you don't need a doctor. Just fix it yourself. You know, I'm not that person because if it wasn't for doctors and nurses, my mom wouldn't be here. I, I I like to find a, a balance middle, you know, If you can do something yourself, then do it yourself. If you can't call your doctor, you know? Mm -hmm. So at the market, people come and they, you know, they tell me what they need. I help them find which products they need and they take them home and try them. And then I do, and I'm getting those messages and those phone calls and those text messages. And, and I just, it's, it's been a wonderful journey.
0: It must be very rewarding.
1: It is. It is. When you have someone come up to you and they're like my, you know, um, one of my favorites is that there's a young man with Tourette's and he's in his probably mid twenties. And with the Tourette's comes a lot of anxiety, a lot of tics, physical tics and everything. And he has a hard time sleeping. And the CBD that I carry is lipid infused. So it's like one of them is. And so it's, it's this rich gold, um, this rich gold oil full of cannabinoids. And it works wonders for his Tourette's. And so he and his mom come find me all around town, wherever I am. You know, they're like, are you going to be at the market? Are you going to be at this place? You know, like, like we want to see you. They don't want to order online. They want to come see me. And so that is really sweet. While well, while others are very happy just getting online and be like, yeah, ship it to my house. You know,
0: <laughs> what would you recommend people? And what do you tell usually people that come to you for the first time when it, comes about um, essential oils and cbd
1: sure i tell them just to be open to try something new and and don't expect like a, an immediate fix you know it doesn't it's not going to cure it's not so much that it cures things or it's not so much that it makes you feel a certain way it's what you don't feel like the pain and the anxiety you know um there's uh, since since um cbd comes from and cannabis, if you which is episode, related to marijuana.
0: give me a like people, thumbs up and or, a know, review, him,
1: which is and share it with anyone you like think marijuana, can benefit say. from listening to people story. think that they're going to feel something until next when they time take cbd at and they're Raw like oh, and i took it or to three times Stephanie I bye now like, well no you're not going to feel anything it's what you don't feel you know it's um it's after taking it for five seven ten days it takes a little while to get in your system then you start reducing the stress and reducing the anxiety and reducing the inflammation, but it's a slow process.
0: But when you think of how long many of those people have suffered living with these issues, it's actually not so long compared to how long the pain has already been in their system:
1: Right, right uh, Sometimes they will come to me and they'll buy a bottle and they'll start taking it and They'll, they'll, they won't realize how much better they're feeling because they're just going about their day and they're like, huh, you know, they don't, they don't really notice. And then the bottle will run out and there'll be about three or four or five days in between. And then they'll start messaging me or calling me and they're like, I didn't know it was working. And now my back hurts really bad again. Where are you going to be? You know, or can you ship it to me? What, what, what did I order? Cause I'd like it again. Or they'll send me a picture of it. They're like, where do I find this? <laughs> So that you know, it's it's reassuring because then they know that it helps instead of me just telling them that it helps.
0: Yeah, they really feel it. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, Michelle. I I just love this whole holistic approach of helping people. I love that you see yourself as a complementary aspect to medicine. And I'm sure that your work helps women to take charge of their own health and learn how to heal their bodies naturally. I think it's a skill we lost over the course of history. And guys, if you would like to connect with Michelle, head over to her website, jubileeofwellness.com, and check out all the information she has there. It's just uh, great. And as I understand, you also ship, is that correct?
1: Yes. Yes, I ship all
0: over the U.S so that's perfect guys if you like this episode give me a like and a review and share it with anyone you think can benefit from listening to michelle's story and the work she does also make sure you follow me for more inspiring stories until next time at raw and real with stephanie fernandez bye now